Time for us to talk parenting and how do parents help their kids become more independent? That is the question we're asking this morning and are joined on the line by our resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, a very good morning to you. As always, good to have you on the show. Thank you, Gogs. Lovely to be here. So why is it so important for kids to be independent, especially when we think of very young children. Uh, many of us think of, an, of independence as a thing you get later. So when you turn 18 or when you turn 21 and or when you move out and you're working, that's when we think about independence. But it seems to be quite an important thing to have even before all of those milestones. Why is that? Gook's child development is a process and children need to be lovingly and slowly let go. You know, when I give my presentations to audiences of parents, I have this very popular one called Let Go to Let Grow. And as parents, when we have small children, there's, it just doesn't enter our mind that one day these children are going to live without us. And so when I ask my audiences, what is your greatest wish for your children? The first hand up is happiness and the second hand up is success. And actually, we cannot make anybody else happy or successful, but we can create the right environment for them to develop into independent, resourceful and resilient children who can go out and create their own version of happiness and success. Mm -hmm. So let me give you a nice physical analogy that, that will appeal. Imagine your child is a kite and you want that kite to fly high and proud in the sky. Now, the only way you can do that is to let out some of the string. And so you're always connected to your children via the string. And you gradually need to be letting the string out so that they can fly higher and higher without you. You're always connected. If there's trouble, you can always pull the string in a little bit. But the idea of being a parent is actually to do yourself out of a job so that your children mm. don't need you anymore. So we need to encourage their independence. And there's a beautiful line that I want to give our listeners today. If they can they must. If they can, they must. And I have to say, I often don't see this playing out. Mm -hmm. And that seems like quite a, might be quite a scary thing for parents that ultimately, sure, you might want, you know, success for your kids. You might want happiness for your kids. But ultimately, what you really want is to raise individuals who are able to cope and do life and be okay without you, which I imagine is quite a scary thing because, well, I'm your parent. And what do you mean you want to do or should be able to do life without me? So it seems like quite as even for parents or mainly for parents, quite a scary idea to get your head around. Yeah. So confidence is built slowly. So we need these little building blocks to slowly, slowly, slowly create a big, big, deep, wide foundation of belief in themselves that I can, I am, I will. So let me give you some examples of what I'm seeing. And this is how parents are keeping their children trapped in a state of learned helplessness. In other words, we're sabotaging our children's development. So we're in you know, the beginning of a new year, a new term, 
And, and what we're seeing a lot of is that children up to the age of six are still being carried into school. Children up to the age of seven are still being walked into the classroom by a parent. And the parent is carrying their school bags for them. We are seeing children who have not helped to pack their own bags and therefore have no idea what is in them or where to find their things. So they panic when the teacher says, take out this in class. We are seeing children who um, don't even know how to open their school bags. This is how bad it is because they, they weren't taught how to open it. Their parents are doing everything for them. We are seeing children age six, seven, eight, who battle to change for activities such as swimming practice because they don't know how to dress and undress themselves. And they don't know how to pack away their damp towel and swimming costume after sport or their sports kit after sport. And there are even, believe this or not, Googs, children who actually don't know how to feed themselves when they're in the early years of primary school. And this is not a joke. They haven't been taught how to chew. And these are children who are not orphans. They go to expensive private schools and they've been fed mush because it was actually faster and easier than teaching them how to eat solids properly. Mm. So this is sabotage of your children. They're just, these are life skills. What we're really talking about here today are, is giving your child the opportunity to acquire and cement life skills because this is how you build their confidence. You don't just drop them in a sea of, you know, three, four, five hundred children and expect them to rise to the top. This happens gradually by allowing them to do stuff with you at home so that they learn how to do things and they become confident at doing those things so that when they're not with you, they can continue to do those things. So give them the skills so that they can navigate and interact with their world with confidence. This is important. Otherwise, they land up in a state of learned helplessness. And this is a form of, believe it or not, child sabotage. I, so what happens when, you know, parents, I think, often intend to help. I don't know if parents want to, you know, make their kids helpless or unable to, for instance, um, walk themselves to class, can't pack their own bags, can't open their own bags, can't do these, you know, these fundamental and very important life skills. But, and maybe it is because, you know, some of us didn't have that growing up. So you try to give your kids what you didn't have. And so how do you balance the need to be there, support your kids, know that you will give them structure, know that you are there for them, but also without sabotaging them, especially if you don't mean to do it. You just want to be helpful and supportive and present, but then it starts, you know, crossing into, well, now you're not allowing kids or your children to learn for themselves. How do parents balance that? Because I imagine many a parent who ends up doing that means well. They want their kids to have the love and support that maybe even they didn't have. Mm. So I talk about lovingly letting them go. So you're not throwing them to the wolves, not at all. And a lot of what I'm talking about is stuff that you do together. So it's come, let's pack your bags for tomorrow. Come, let's get your school uniform out and put it on the bed so that we're ready in the morning and it's not going to be a rush. So they really learn by doing and they learn by doing with you. 
And that's the whole objective of lovingly letting them go is doing stuff together rather than you doing it all for them. And that's the trap we often fall into as busy working parents because it's far easier and more expedient to do things for your children Mm -hmm. than to get them to do it with you or for them to do it themselves. You know, let's just push forward and we're going to have another conversation in a few weeks' time when kids go off to university. You know, you have to imagine that one day your child is going to go off to university and live without you. Do they have those life skills in order to do so? Do they know how to cook? Do they know how to clean? Do they know how to look after possessions? Um, Because ultimately, when they don't live with you, that's what they're going to have to do. So some, some real basics apply. And I often say that chores are the glue that keeps family together. And chores around the house are also the foundations of independence, resourcefulness, and resilience. So life actually gives us this gift. Are you using it? Because it presents itself every single day. And there's one thing um, about believing that your child can do things for themselves. There's quite, it's quite another for your child to believe they can. And so they need to practice. This is how children learn anything is repetition, repetition, repetition. So yes, let's go back to dropping your child off at school. Of course, the first week or two when they're in uh, grade one, you're going to walk them into class. But, you know, once they know where the classroom is and once they've got a friend or two, you can even be strategic and meet another parent outside school and get the kids to walk in together without you. So gradually you find ways to bridge the gap. And so they start believing that this is this is easy. I can do this. Um, this is fine. Uh, and the more they believe that, the more they can do. And it's a weird thing. I was talking to a, a parent last Saturday, actually, after the show, I went and gave the let go, let grow talk at a primary school. And we were talking afterwards about what it feels like when your children first go on a school camp around grade four mm-hmm. or a school sports tour around grade five, six or seven. And I'll be the first one to admit that the lump in my throat when that bus drove away for the, the, you know, the first time my child went off on one of these excursions, it's a combination of fear and terror that your child is going off into the big wide world without you, as well as a deep sense of pride that they're confident enough to go off without you. So it's a real combination and a mixed bag of emotions. And I know parents who don't let their children go off on these tours and and these camps, there will always be a risk. Obviously, there will always be a risk. But your child cannot grow without you letting them go and experiencing that big wide world. And of course, you need to give your child the foundations in, uh, you know, in safety, And if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And your body is yours and you need to look after it. And it's nobody else's. You know, all those sorts of things, all those conversations need to be had. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your children actually getting out into the big wide world, they come back from those tours and they are changed. They've grown up. They've discovered something about themselves. You see, 
They can only discover so much with us. There is stuff they need to discover when they're not with us. And when we hold on too tightly, they just don't get the opportunity to discover themselves without us. So it's super, super important that we acknowledge that school is actually their place. It's not our place. We need to be interested. We need to be supportive. We need to get involved in school because children actually do better when we're involved. But we also need to acknowledge that it is their place. It is their space. And it's a little bit like giving an artist a new canvas and giving your child the opportunity to create their own picture, their own work of art that is not always directed by you. It is supported by you. But it is not necessarily directed by you. Mm. And that's a really important thing. You mentioned quite an interesting thing earlier on about one of the reasons parents um, sometimes step in and do certain things that kids should be learning and ultimately becoming more confident to do is because the reality is many parents are so time starved. Um, you know, they just isn't uh, or feeling like there isn't a lot of time. And while it might save parents time in the short term that I will pack the bag, I will put out the uniform, I will pack the lunchbox um, and then, you know, the kid can deal with the bag that's packed at school for the first time. That while it saves time in the short term, but in the long term, it does take away um, that opportunity for the child to learn Confidence, And, you know, even in the instance where it, maybe the parent isn't around, you are traveling, you take away that opportunity for the child to learn that, oh, even if someone isn't here, I know what to do or what is kind of expected of me. There isn't this uh -huh. panic that the person that usually does the stuff uh, is gone or unavailable for whatever reason. If you're working late or something's come up, your children have the assurance that, oh, okay. I know, I know what to do. I might do it slowly. It might take me a bit of time, but I can do it. You raise such an important point. You know, life doesn't unfold in a straight line. And if you remain the doo-doo blanket, you know, or the dummy long into the primary school years, your children will just be in that state of learned helplessness versus being knowing they can rely on themselves. And children are quite able to, to be competent and confident and self-reliant. When I listen in some of my audiences, uh, you know, I gave a talk at, in Cosmo City one, um, one year and I had a mum tell me that I think she was a nurse and her six year old. Uh, was able to, if she was not home by seven, you know, by six o'clock, was able to cook the dinner and look after the one-year-old if mummy was running late. Yeah. So children are actually more capable than we think. Now, I mean, that's not my ideal for a six-year-old to be looking after a one-year-old and cooking dinner, but it goes to prove <laughs> that children can do if they are allowed to or if they have to. So, you know, getting them in the kitchen to do chores, to cook, to, to, do they know how to make a cup of juice? Do they know how to make a sandwich? Because they might need to do that if the wheels fall off and for some reason you are running late. Mm -hmm. Or could they make a meal of sandwiches for, for the, for the family if for any reason they had to? You know, those are, those are things we need to parent for the long game. I guess that's really what I'm talking about here. We are not parenting for today. 
We are parenting for the long game. We are parenting to make sure that our children are not still in our care and on our payroll at the age of 35. Mm. Sadly, the reality is that many children are still on their parents' payroll at the age of 30. And not necessarily because they don't have an education and a qualification, but because they don't have the gumption to get out there and start somewhere. An interesting message from uh, Fazil says, I cannot agree more with your guest. My experience is that parents often project their own life insecurities uh, through their kids' behavior. Doing a few chores around the house stimulates a child positively. And you were just saying, you know, some of the things that can be quite useful for kids to learn uh, to help them grow in terms of their independence, help them grow in their confidence. Are there um, other, you know, types of chores or activities that kids can do that will allow parents to, you know, like you say, lovingly let go? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to direct our listeners to two things this morning. The one is you can go onto NikkiBush.com and just punch into the search bar, hands-on confidence. And you will get a list of about 20 things that you can allow your children to learn how to do, which will build their confidence. So from sewing on a button to using a vacuum cleaner to changing an electrical plug to simply making their bed and washing the dishes um, and uh, weeding the garden. There's another one. Uh, how about unblocking a sink or a toilet or using a potato peeler? Do you know how many children don't know what a real potato looks like because their mothers buy frozen chips? Okay, so it's really some simple stuff. Knowing how or who to call in an emergency, mm. that is a life skill. Can, do they ever take... Uh, messages if you're driving do they answer your phone and then can they relay the message to you that is a life skill so go on to nickybush.com punch in hands-on confidence and you will you will get onto that blog with that list and then the other thing is to go to free resources on nickybush.com and download the child sabotage report it's a free report and it's like three pages long and it will give you the top line of how we are actually sabotaging our children and what to do about it. So I think that really will be very, very helpful. And I loved what you said, Googs, from the previous uh, message, that we often project our own life insecurities onto our children. Mm. We need to be incredibly careful of that. And the other thing is that if we had little in our childhood, we want to give more to our children in their childhood. Mm. So we want to give them more than we had. And that often means we wrap them in cotton wool and we give them too much and they become spoiled, but they also become incompetent and helpless instead of helpful. You do not want your children, you do not do not want your, you do not want to become a slave to your children because you do too much to them. Then they expect. And just a lovely little story to end off. I had a dad with an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old, both girls, girl children, who came to me after one of my talks and said, I have fallen right into this trap. He said, I've always done everything around the house, especially in the kitchen, because I was scared my children would get burnt. Mm. 
And now I want my children to come and help in the kitchen. And they say, no, daddy, you're, you're better than us. You do the job better than us. We can't do it as well as you. You must keep doing it. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Nikki, as always, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gogs. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. That's our human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bosch, speaking to us about how to help your kids grow in their independence and lovingly uh, letting them go.